Everybody to the nations worldwide, this is the Travel Couple Podcast where we introduce you to couple travelers who offer their advice on how you can travel the world together while earning money, living that digital nomad lifestyle. We are your hosts, Mike Pletz and Natalie. Tune in every Wednesday as we interview couples living a digital nomad lifestyle that is traveling the world while earning money, get relationship advice about being on the road with your significant other, and listen how others are struggling and thriving in their personal and business lives, all while traveling the world. This is your one-stop podcast for travel, relationship, and business goals. So we've been on a three-week hiatus and we are back with regular interviews every Wednesday. So please join us and help spread the word of the Travel Couple Podcast. And if you want to be interviewed on one of our shows, please go to our TravelCouplePodcast.com website and send us an email and we'll be sure to get back to you and get you on this show. You can also help us out by sharing the Travel Couple Podcast with your family and friends. This week, we have something special to throw your way. We want you to go to our Instagram page. That's Instagram.com slash to the nations worldwide. And I want you to check out the post that we have on our Maldives giveaway. You'll see it very clear there. A nice blue scenery with lots of text on it and information on how you can enter this giveaway. It's nice and simple. Just follow along and we'd love to see one of our listeners win this giveaway. In today's episode, we interview Matt and Nikki of Passport Joy. They are a married American couple who quit their jobs to travel together and have documented their journeys on their blog and podcast. We talk with them about their work life before leaving for their around the world journey and how they juggle a podcast blog and their travels together. So I urge you to go check out their podcast. That's Passport Joy. You can check them out at PassportJoy.com. So without further ado, here's our interview with Matt and Nikki. Today we are joined by Matt and Nikki of Passport Joy. They are a married travel couple from the U.S. who quit their jobs to travel the world together. You can catch their blog and podcast at PassportJoy.com. Hello, Matt and Nikki, and welcome to the show. Hey. Hi, Mike. Thanks so much for joining me, guys. I really appreciate it. Let's just get started by talking a bit about yourselves and what you do. Okay, yeah. I guess at a high level, we had amazing, awesome lives in Indianapolis, Indiana, in the United States. We've been married for almost 13 years now, and we loved hanging out with our friends, spending quality time with our family there. And we both had what would be considered very successful careers. I was in technology sales. Nikki was a clinical pharmacist. We loved our bosses, loved our careers, but we had this desire to travel full time and it was always on our mind and it was something that we'd been dreaming about for a while and our window of opportunity we felt was closing based on my my age and my ability to re-enter the market once we come back off the road. So we decided to turn our dream into reality after saving money over many years and uh, we made it happen. And um, I think what makes us kind of unique as a travel couple is the fact that we have not been back to the States yet. We've been on the road for um, almost a year and a half now. And I think that it's um, out of a single backpack apiece. And we are really taking it in, meeting a lot of new people and is just having a blast along the way. That's incredible. Awesome. And how did the two of you meet? 
Yeah, I think that uh, it's a kind of a common story. Uh, alcohol was involved. Um, <laughs> I was, uh, I had my MBA and I was a bartender because I was running a, a, a clothing line during the day. And Nikki was in between going to undergrad and getting her doctorate. And she came to the bar one night with one of her girlfriends and we hit it off the first night. I kind of stalked her for a week. She finally gave in to my desire to have a chance for a date. And then from there, after about the first couple of months, we knew that we were going to be together for a while. I asked her to marry me within eight months. We got married shortly thereafter, about eight months after that. Um, and like I said, we've been married for 13 years. The crazy curveball that story is that the girlfriend she came into the bar with that night also got introduced to my roommate. And they've been married now for about 10 years with three kids. Wow. And they're still very close friends of ours. So it's one of those just random nights in, of life where they walked in single, not looking for anything. I was probably be considered extremely single at the time. And next thing you know, fast forward a couple of years and we're married. It's, it's pretty crazy. No kidding. Yeah. That's quite an awesome story. Yeah. So getting into our first part of the interview where we talk about travel, I like to ask my guests a two word question, a very simple question, but for so many couples, it has such a complex response. And that is why travel? Yeah. So that question, I really like it. So every time Matt and I would go somewhere, like the months leading up to our departure, the time during our travel or for several weeks after we would travel, we just felt so alive and like excited and inspired by what we had just done during our travels. And we'd often find ourselves like planning our next vacation and just really wanting to go to the next place. And so we just felt like travel was a part of our, our soul. Like it was just something that we are drawn to do and something that we were always wanting to do. And the reason I really like that question is because for some people, like I feel like traveling is just not innate for them. So for example, Matt's brother, he often asks us while we're traveling, he's like, what do you guys do when you travel? And for us, we find that funny but for some people, that's just not like an intuitive thing. We can find a plethora of things to do during our days to fill our time, whether it's visiting, you know, a famous site or it's just walking on the beach or it's, you know, just doing our everyday mundane thing. But for some people, it's a stretch. It's like trying to find things to do or to fill your day seems daunting. So I don't know. For for me, why travel is just like a natural thing. Yeah. I just feel like it's something that I'm drawn to do. And without it, I kind of feel lost. Yeah. And I think uh-huh. it's, I don't think it's for everybody. I really yeah. don't. I think that some people don't understand what we're doing. Yeah. Um, but I think that th- those that kind of get it and see, it's funny. We had a really good close friend of mine meet us in Saigon, Vietnam. And um, he had just spent four days on the Philippines And when he met us, he was like, dude, I get what you got. That was his first time out of the U.S. Besides, I think he's gone to Mexico a couple of times. But that was his first time like international traveling. And he was like, man, I I really get it now. I see why you guys are doing this. Because within that first four or five days, his life had already been changed. And by the the time that he left us, he was like, I'm going to figure out a way to come see you guys again on the road. Because this is amazing. And I think that's all it is. I think it's just kind of once people break out of that and see what else is out there, it's, it's a huge world. And once you see what else is out there is to offer, then more doors open for you and your mind opens up, creativity builds, and it's something that you want to do more often. 
but it's not for everybody. And we know we're kind of unique in that. I know I'm so fortunate to have a wife that wants to do this along with me. And we love doing this together. So it's an amazing experience. And we just love traveling. Definitely. So where were the two of you last? Where are you right now? And where are you traveling to next? We just came from Lisbon, Portugal. Uh, it's the first, the, the second time we've been there um, for the St. Anthony's Festival with friends. It's, it's amazing. If you ever get a chance to go to Lisbon in June, that's the time to do it. We met some friends from America that were there. Um, they reached out, had some plans to go there, and we changed our plans to to meet up with them. We are currently in Bucharest, Romania, and then from here we go to Poland, Warsaw, then Krakow. Awesome. And then uh, any plans for after Poland or just continuing your journey as you see fit? Yeah, absolutely. So we're, like I said, almost a year and a half into our current travels. I guess at a high level, we started three and a half months in South America, um, four months in Southern Europe, from Portugal over to Greece. We did two months in India, a month in Vietnam, three months in South Africa, two weeks in Thailand, another two weeks in Vietnam. We had 10 days in Hong Kong, which was awesome. And then we came back to Europe. So we've been we've been in Europe now for almost two months. And from here, we'll continue on. After Poland, we'll go to Switzerland for three weeks, where we just landed our first house sit. Uh, it's actually a pet sit, two, two small cats. Uh, we'll hang out there for about three weeks uh, free, which is amazing. Do about a week in Estonia. And then Estonia is our gateway back to the Asia, where we start in Japan and work our way through Southeast, Southeast Asia. Asia from Japan, hopefully spend some time in China as well. And then we're going to wrap up before we go back to the States in May of 2019. We're going to wrap up with Australia, New Zealand, and hopefully Fiji before heading home because it's all that's so close. You want to kind of take in as much as you can before heading back to the States. Yes, for sure. That's quite the adventure. Now, out of those destinations that you guys have uh, already been through, choosing one that really sticks out for you and why like what was the one place that really left an impact on you there's so many and i we often get asked this question like quite a lot for me it's really hard to choose just one yeah. but if i were to choose one particular place i think i'd say san pedro de atacama in chile for the reason being that there's so much to do so i would say it's very similar to like southwestern United States, so like a Nevada or an Arizona, but there's like hiking, you can visit geyser fields, there's hot springs that you can swim in, there's just like a plethora of things, and the landscape changes so drastically from like just a short hour drive, and when we went there, we normally don't do this, but we typically, if we go to a place, we'll just kind of venture out on our own and sightsee on our own maybe get an Uber for a long drive or even a taxi ride. But there was, we went through like a tour company just because there's just so many things to do. And it was just the way to go when you get there. But each day we did like a different thing. So the very first day that we got there, we did stargazing at night because we got there late. We, I don't think we arrived until about nine o'clock at night, but in San Pedro de Atacama, there's like zero pollution. And NASA actually has, I think eight observatories that they do actual research there for stars and stuff like that, like planets. And so we went and did like a private stargazing. There was one other person that was there with us, with Matt and I, but they did like a wine and cheese tasting along with these stargazing. And 
the girl had like her little laser pointer and you could see the Milky Way and all this kind of stuff. And they took us out onto their own personal property and we did that. And then like the next day we did some hiking up Saratoga with elevation of like 18,000 feet. And they provided all the necessary things that we would need because we, we pack light. So we have one bag a piece. So they gave me hiking boots and walking sticks and gloves and hats and scarves. And I had my own coat and things like that. But it's about a three-hour hike up, two-hour hike back down. And then one day we went to the uh, Tatio Geyser Fields where it was zero degrees Celsius outside. And you could see these huge like steam geysers that were just like emitting steam through the center of the earth. And then Matt's wham and hot springs during one yeah, day yeah, that we awesome. went to and you just literally they have like bathhouses that you can change in into your bathing suit and then you can go inside these hot springs that are just coming out from the earth and the hot springs are I don't, probably 80 degrees fahrenheit mm-hmm. but outside the ambient temperature is very very cold but yeah it's just so amazing it feels like you're literally walking on the moon yeah, it's um like a totally it's, it's a totally different planet that's incredible yeah and yeah. then they also huh. have my most favorite part, which I almost failed to, to mention, was they have these lagoons that are like aquamarine blue in the middle of the desert. And it's just like something that you would see in a National Geographic magazine. And it's just so cool. It's nothing that I've ever seen. So I would say that because it's out of all the places I've ever been, it's just so unique. Yep. Gotcha. So, Matt, do you have a different destination yeah. in mind that you really left an impact on you? Yeah, I mean, there's, like Nikki said, there's, there's a bunch. I mean, when you talk about like Machu Picchu, Galapagos Islands, those are amazing. India, spending two months in India was amazing because we, we went to uh, two weddings there. So that experience was awesome. This being surprised by how amazing Vietnam is, uh, especially, especially Da Nang, Vietnam, was a shocker. And Hong Kong as well was absolutely. But we just spent four days in Isle of Man, Ireland, which is a small island between England and Ireland. And for there's these motorcycle TT races in late May, early June. And these motorcycles go around the roads of Isle of Man, 37.7 miles of roads that are extremely skinny. Yeah. And these motorcycles fly around the track at an average of 130 miles per hour. But at points, they get over 180, 190 miles per hour. So they're flying. So we were there for four days. We got four gorgeous days. And it was so amazing to see these guys fly around this track. And there's about there's about 20,000 other motorcycle fans with their own bikes on this small island at the time. Just watching these guys that are pros at what they do and just fearless. And you can feel the speed as they fly by you. And it was just awesome that the people of the town were so nice. It's it's kind of a it's a financial hub. It's kind of a tax haven so that you've got a lot of e-gaming there but also some financial places. So it's, it's rather, it's a rather sleepy Island other than these two or three weeks in June. And, but it w- it just comes alive and everybody was real, real welcoming and we could walk around. It's kind of a walk friendly Island at times because they shut down the roads after six o'clock for this racing. And, but it was nuts, man. It was just to see these guys fly around this track at speeds that are just unbelievable. So that'll, that'll always, cause that was a bucket list of mine for a while. So for us to be able to do that and find a way to build it in, because it, it only popped up within the five weeks before we figured out a way to make it happen. Cause we had friends that said, Hey, we'll go to Ireland if you guys join us. So we kind of packed it all together and it, it all came together rather quickly. And it was, I'm so happy we did. 
Nice. Okay, so with all these different experiences, what has been your most awkward, embarrassing, or hilarious travel experience together? Cleaning up huge piles of bamboo poop in South Africa. Baboon poop in South Africa. That's a pretty good one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll, I'll let Nikki jump into the story. Yeah, so we were working at a workaway, and I'm not sure if you, you're aware of what that is, but it's basically an online site that you can sign up for. It's pretty cheap. Like For a couple's account, it's about $40 in annual membership fee, and you can volunteer your services, and they are certain sites that you can volunteer for, and they will provide you free housing for a period of time that you sign up for. It's pretty cool, and some places will provide you a meal or maybe some light food during your stay. And we've, we've done four of these so far, Mike. Chile, Ecuador, a month in Greece, and then this month in South Africa. And so this particular one in South Africa, there's like a caveat. When we first get there, we are basically just helping check in customers, provide them any information that they may need if they wanted us to make reservations for them, whether it be at a nearby restaurant, find them a car rental, help them rent surfboards, etc. That was our basic job duties for the month that we were there. But when we get there, there was this indemnity form that they had to sign while they were on the property, as did we, saying that we were aware that we were staying in a boutique hotel and on and surrounding the property, there were baboons and that they were dangerous. We were not allowed to feed them, that we shouldn't go into the surrounding forest area and etc. So when we were there, there were these sliding glass doors that would go into the common areas, such as the kitchen area, living room area, and there's places that you could play pool and ping pong. And we noticed that the baboons would break into these areas and go into the kitchen areas and steal food. And there were really no signage up at this point. And we started to have to verbally tell guests, you know, can you make sure you kindly close the door? There's no locks on the doors. And they were like, why are we having to do this? And we're like, well, the baboons are coming in and they're stealing the food. And so at first we were just kind of having to clean up the food that they would break into, like chips or bags of bread that would be, you know, strewn all over the, the kitchen floor. And then what happened was is they would start to do that and then they would poop on the floor. And then we were left to clean up these massive piles of baboon poop. Oh, no. So, yeah, that was pretty much the story. And it happened quite frequently towards the end of our stay after being there for about a month. And it was pretty disgusting. So. <laughs> okay, so turning this in another direction, what has been your worst travel experience together? I don't know. I mean, probably the worst travel experience would be I was really injured in Greece. I had fallen. I was it's actually just kind of a freak accident. I was taking a picture on a rooftop and I wasn't really paying attention. We were watching a sunset, a beautiful sunset on an island. And there was like a pipe that was sticking out on a rooftop. And as I turned around, I just accidentally like clipped this pipe that was sticking up and I fell over it and I like cracked my patella and it was just a really horrible injury. And we were on an island and to get back to the mainland, Greece was kind of a big to do. And so I didn't want to have to take the ferry and all that. So I kind of suffered through it and just like threw an ice pack on it. I had a lot of swelling and it was kind of one of those things where I'm, I'm in the healthcare field and I knew that there was nothing I could do for it anyways. And I suffered through it for a couple weeks and Matt had to take a bus into town to go get me some 
ibuprofen and I kind of hobbled on it and it was a pretty bad injury and I probably should have gotten medical care, but I still to this day can't kneel on my knee appropriately, (laughs) but um, that was, that was definitely something in hindsight, looking back, I I should have gotten medical care. I didn't. And I I unnecessarily suffered for it and shouldn't have, but that was a bad thing. Gotcha. So the reason why I ask these questions leading into this next section is just because travel has so many different variables that you'd never account for. And all of these different things help to, well, they affect your relationship. So how do you feel traveling has affected your relationship together? I think it's been amazing. We've definitely grown a bunch more over the last uh, year and a half or so while we've traveled. Obviously, being 13 years into a, a, a marriage we know a lot about each other already, but you begin to learn more and more as you travel and grow from that. I've witnessed Nikki's toughness over and over and over again on this journey. And that's, that's been amazing. And then you, you just, because you're kind of fighting through some stuff during the, the process, you grow together. Not only do we get to experience all the beauty in the world that we get to see and all the amazing people that we're meeting, but there's, there's tough times as well. And it kind of just kind of going through that and staying close in the process helps you grow I think much more quickly, if you take six years of marriage and you squeeze it down to a year and a year and a half, because the reality is, is we both worked a lot when we were at home in order to afford what we're, we're currently doing. We were very dedicated to our careers. And so we, we would essentially only see each other at nights for a little bit and on the weekends. And now we spend 24 seven together, which is a lot of time. And so, so when you, when you're around each other that much, you begin to under, really, truly understand each other and you understand when to, when you need some time apart maybe throughout the day and it's kind of the balance of it. But overall, we've gotten a lot better. The first, first few months was kind of a learning process for us both. But since we've kind of learned how to really live together this close for an extended period of time, because we're doing, like we've said, we've done workaways, we've done some hostels, mostly doing Airbnbs. But we're in tight quarters very often trying to um, make the most of our budget. So we're staying in small quarters a lot of the time. Right. Yes. So how about when planning a trip? Who's going to take care of what? Do you guys assign tasks to one another or do you play to each other's strengths? How do you go about that? It's really a team effort. I'm really good at the the flights and logistics on how we're going to get place to place. Nikki's wonderful at once we get there. What are some of the things that we both would want to see? I I like looking up like Airbnb stuff. So before I get there, typically I'll look into like Airbnb options and things like that. So I'm not an itinerary person, but I do because I hate like setting myself to some particular like list that we have to get done. But with that being said, I do like to before we go to a place kind of look at like a high level list of these are the things that we might be interested in doing and tailor it to like things that we like to do. So uh, I'll research, you know, before we came to Bucharest, for example, I'll research top things to do and see if those are the things that we like to do and then kind of get a, a list together, see where they are in relation to the Airbnb that we're staying and kind of go from there. But it's not like a set in stone list. And then we typically work off of a Google Documents, like a shared Google document. So we share that. And then Matt has access to that. But as far as logistics of travel, like Matt said, he does he does all that. I haven't even booked a flight yet. So yeah. he he will go through that, figure out all that, and then 
it's pretty much a shared effort. Yeah, I'm as pretty, far I'm as pretty good that. Then we'll, then we'll figure out what neighborhoods within the cities we want to go to. Yeah. And once we do that, uh-huh. we'll we'll kind of do a joint either Airbnb. Typically, we'll look for Airbnbs together. She'll throw some ideas. I'll throw some ideas, and then we decide and, and kind of go from there. Yeah. But but when it comes to just kind of like high level, that's it's pretty cool around the Switzerland deal. We had a month in Europe where we we knew we had a month because of the Schengen rules, and we we knew that uh, I had a range of hey this date to this date. And I just said, Nick, can you can you jump on work away and house sitters or I'm trusted house sitters.com and see if there's anything in an expensive city? Because the idea was for us to, to try to find a free or cheap living in a very expensive city. So Paris, Zurich, forget our list. But it, we had a list of like really high end European cities. And I just said, hey, try to go search out if there's any places that we can get. So she does that stuff. She's wonderful at that. We've got um, solid profile. She's working on that. And then she... Um, can get very focused once she starts looking into something and, and finds a win there. So that's how that pet sit came together. Nice. Excellent. So with all your travels together, do you have any wisdom or uh, anything you'd want to share with our listeners that are couples out there that want to travel together? Do you have any more, anything else you want to tell them before they embark on their journey together? Yeah, I think that we've termed it. I don't know if this is a, this is already a term or whatever, but we recently had a podcast about, um, it's called, we called it Traveler's Guilt. And the idea is, is with, with Instagram and all the blogs and, and Facebook and everything, all the information out there, you can get overwhelmed with once you select a location. So if, like hypothetically, you tell your friends and family that we're going to go to the Greek islands or we're going to go to Mykonos and Santorini. And, it, and you make it public that you want to do this and it's your goal. And, and in three months, you're going to go there. You're going to get overwhelmed with all this stuff that you're going to, you're supposed to do on that trip. And if you only have, let's say 10 days to do that, you're going to get so nervous and anxious that you're supposed to see all these different things, all these different pubs or nightclubs, you're supposed to go on these day trips on the ocean and do all these wonderful things that you're not going to be able to really enjoy your time when you're there. So our thing is, is like, just do what you like. Don't worry about all the lists. If you have a sleep day, take a sleep day. Like at the end of the day, your goal, if it's like a 10-day vacation or a weekend, if at the end of the day, your goal is to be recharged on that Monday or Tuesday when you get back, make sure that that happens because the people always say you need a vacation after your vacation. And if you come back with a sense of like, wow, that was so fast, we hopped all over the place and I don't even know if I really experienced anything, that's probably not what your desire was going in. So don't worry about all the lists and all the things you're supposed to do, but just take the, like Nikki was saying, we get a high level and then we figure out what we like. And then if the, if it happens that we can do some of those things, we're going to do them and we're going to, we're going to love it and enjoy it at the time, but don't feel like you have to do everything. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, that's extremely important. And to just be just overwhelming yourself because there's an endless supply of things to do at each place you visit. And you're, you're just going to overwhelm yourself if you uh, try to stick to a list and it's not going to be as enjoyable. Excellent, excellent advice. Now, tell us a bit about Passport Joy. First off, where did the name come from? Yeah, the name, it was one of those things where we were searching for the, for the great name for that would stick. And for me, that, the idea was, what's a name that as we travel internationally that people would know the words for? So that's why the, it's, it's simple and the idea of passport joy. I think it translates well around the globe. And it's one of those things where every time Nikki and I would grab our passport, 
we would have create, we would be, we would have joy. We'd be happy. For sure. So once I found that it was an open.com, I bought it and that was, that was really it. We looked at a bunch of other ones, nothing really stuck. So Passport Joy was, was an easy choice once we saw it was open. Awesome. So then you guys decided to take this, this leap into this journey. What was the jumping off point? What, what made you guys decide that you were going to do this and go ahead on this multi-year travel? Wow, that's awesome. It was actually a moment. I'm pretty big on life gives you signs. And we were in Cape Town, South Africa. I was blessed that with my job, I worked for an international company based out of Paris, France. And, and part of I was in sales. And part of the yearly incentives were, were sales incentive trips. They would take about 30 sales executives around the world. And at the end of the year, and it, the trip would usually be in February, March. And so I was lucky enough to win five of these. We went to Istanbul, Turkey, Goa, India, Chiang Mai, Thailand. One year they came to Miami, Florida. And this last year was in, this last year for me was in Cape Town, South Africa. And we were on this trip and Nikki and I had already been talking about this and dreaming about this for probably three years. And, and we even wrote it down as a goal at one point to travel the world full time. And during this celebration, there was a couple there from the Netherlands that had this amazing story on how they had traveled. They had packed up their, was it a, a Land Rover? It's a Land Rover. Land Rover, put a mattress in the back, and they drove from the Netherlands to South Korea, as crazy as that sounds, shipped it to Vancouver, and then drove from Vancouver to Patagonia mm-hmm. over a two-year period. And we heard this in over three or four hours of drinking beers with them and just hearing their stories and tales and everything. Um, we walked back that night, and it was one of those things that we were we were in our room at night. I was like, what other signs do we need? These guys did it. We know we're capable to do it. If we continue to save over these next 10 months like we had been doing, we can make it happen by next year. And so we kind of came home. I mean, again, still dreaming in the dreaming phase, came home. It was deep in my mind. It was something that it was deep in my heart, too. I really wanted to do it. And then within the next couple of months, I came downstairs and I told Nikki that I'd booked our first one-way ticket to Santiago, Chile. At that point, we kind of knew that it was it was real. It, it could happen. And then um, a few months later, I booked the, the ticket from Ecuador to, to Portugal. And then it got a little bit more real. And then uh, uh, about three months after that, I told her I, I had booked Rome to Delhi, India. And uh, that was when, because at that point, so we ended up leaving in February of 2017, and that was probably September of 2016. And we both at that point were like, I think we're going to do this. I, I think at this point, this is real. So over the next six months, we really buckled down, started to get life stuff in order because it's a process when you're leaving for two plus years, especially at the stage of life that we're in, Mike. And that's, that's what kind of makes us a little different. I know a lot of the folks that are on your podcast are probably in their in their 20s or so, where we, we've had a chance to go through our careers, save some money. So we, we had some stuff at home. So to, to get things in order took a process. And then where we're at in our careers, I was nine years into my awesome company. Nikki was deep into her clinical pharmacy career. So we had to make sure that we did things the right way and we just didn't up and leave. So there was a process to that. And we, we just made sure that we did all that correctly. And then we, we did it. We told our families in that December, on February 21st, we hit the road. That's awesome. So Passport Joy, did that come while you guys were planning this trip out? Or did you guys decide once you were on your journey, like, let's start this? Well, I started writing for it, like without it being officially named. 
So I was blogging for it. I can't remember, like in 2011 or something. Yeah, we've been keeping track um, for a while. I was keeping track when we started traveling. We had traveled well before that. We'd gone to like Rio and Croatia and the Greek islands Panama. and Panama and Spain and just a bunch of other places. And anytime we'd go somewhere, you know, I'd write like a little blip and I had always had my own personal Instagram, which I still do. And I just kind of did it for, I don't know, I guess my own self and yeah. just like a keeping list, just keeping a list, you know? And then when Matt and I discussed, what are we going to really name this? That's when we bought the domain passportjoy.com yeah. and put it on there. So I was always writing articles and writing blog posts after, you know, like every place that we were going, but it, it kind of just hand in hand. Gotcha. And then when did the podcast come into play? Why did you guys start the podcast? Well, it was something. So when we left, <laughs> like, like I said, we, we only, we've got a 42 liter bag, uh, 42, 46, 46, 46 liter bag. So there's not a lot of room. And, and Mike, I'm 6'6". <laughs> I'm six, six, so my shoes are big. My clothes are big. Everything's big in my bag. So I don't have a lot of room. But I packed a microphone because I knew that... It's like a goal. It was a goal of mine. Because part of this experience is to stretch ourselves, learn new skills, do different things. And I knew that a podcast would help me work on a lot of skills that I, I didn't think I was good at in my past career as far as public speaking, working through um, um, different communications. Yes, I was in sales. Yes, I sold a lot. But I think that there was there's always improvement there to be made. So for myself, I was like, I want to do a podcast, not, not only just to document our awesome adventures, but hopefully build skills as well. Because that's the other cool thing about what we're doing on our podcast is our nephews and nieces, a few of them are, are really young. So there's uh, we got a couple of five-year-olds, a, a, brand, new a, brand, a brand new one within the last week or last month, and then a, um, a two-year-old. So- for them to be able to hear that, hear our podcast in the future is going to be, I think, going to be really awesome. And just when Nikki and I, 20 years from now, we can go back and listen to it. It's going to be cool. So so as we got on the road and people were sort of saying, Matt, you guys need to do this podcast. It took about a year to get the courage to do it. And then so we finally started it after I think we released right at a year um, as, as we were as we were on the road. Gotcha. Very, very similar reason to why I started this podcast as well. And Getting into that, where do you guys find the time? How do you guys balance the travel and the blog and the podcast? How do you guys go about that? It, it's not easy, especially when you're doing how we're doing it. So it's kind of, we're looking at it as a mini startup, if you will. So we, we, we make the time to make it happen. And we, we talk about the subjects we're going to discuss. And then we just find the time to sit down. So the, the, the prep is a couple of hours. The podcast ends up taking a couple of hours and then building out the show notes takes a, a couple of hours. So that process, um, we just find time during the week and we just know that it's kind of a priority. That was the whole thing when we started. We're like, okay, we have to release every Thursday because if we don't have a, a time that we're going to stick to, then it gets really easy just to push it off. And I think you see that a lot on, on different podcasts and different blog posts where you go, or you go to a website and somebody hasn't posted in a very long time. It's because if you don't make something a pattern and you don't stick to the discipline, it gets easier and easier not to do it. So we just we just made a decision that this is this is important to us. So we're gonna we're gonna take time to do the podcast every week, and then we just we continue to find time. Sometimes it just lines up. We've had a couple where we've had to do it in lobbies and in awkward awkward airport lobbies and awkward situations, but we just figure it out and um, make time for it. 
And then also, nice. Mike, just so it's not doesn't sound super easy, we actually use a production company out of the Philippines that ties it all together. So that I knew that early on that if I didn't leverage other talents, it would be almost impossible, especially with Wi-Fi connections. So our biggest Wi-Fi hurdle is getting it on the cloud. We use Dropbox. So we can record and push to the cloud. Our team can finalize the uh, production of it. That's awesome. So the production company kind of takes it from there. And I'm sure that saves you guys a lot of time and and focus on that show notes page and in your blog and everything. What other tools are you using to get Passport Joy out there into the world? Any social media you want to let our audience know about or anything like that? Yes, we both do Instagram. We've got a Facebook fan page. I leverage LinkedIn just because of my professional background to promote some stuff sometimes. I tell you, Mike, it's this business of travel podcasts and blogs. It's not an easy one. And that's that's the I know that you're what you're doing is amazing because you're, you're getting the word out there. And I, I love listening to your different interviews because I love hearing how real people are about it because it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of time and, and some luck. There's got, there's a luck element involved. And so Nick and I, we're just we're looking at this as a way to help document for ourselves and our nephews and nieces. But at the end of the day, we're looking for uh, I'm not sure if you ever heard of Kevin Kelly's statement on a thousand true fans. Oh, that's right. Yep. So essentially, that's what we're looking to do is just stay authentic and stay real. But um, Kevin Kelly's a thousand true fans, essentially, don't worry about getting a hundred thousand fans. Just simply get a thousand good fans that follow you and then you can make a career out of it. Yes. So that's been kind of our motto. And we don't get frustrated because the thing is, is you'll you'll see people that have 40,000 Facebook followers and then they'll post something and get two likes. Or you see somebody that has 500 followers and they post something, they get a hundred likes. And it's like, it's hard to understand in this world of social media now, what's real, what isn't real. and how do you leverage that? Well, how do you compete with that? Yeah, you can't. Like, I can't compete with someone that has a hundred thousand Instagram followers. Yeah, I that, really that, can't. And, and, and they're taking four hours to take amazing photos, right? Because that's that's really not what we're doing. Yeah, we just have, my intention is not that. My intention is to travel, to enjoy my life, to have fun, to see the world, to meet new people, to experience new things. And my Instagram handle is honestly, it's not my my company's thing. It's not Passport Joy. It's my own personal Instagram. And I'm more so doing it for like a online journal to keep track of my experiences around the world. So my nieces and nephews can look at it so I can go back and say, this is what I did. I'm not doing it to get likes. I don't ever care how many people like my thing. I never look at it and say, oh, I got 25 likes on my thing today, or I got a thousand likes. I really don't care about that. More so for me, it's just like an online photo book. And obviously our Passport Joy and our blog and our podcast are more geared towards the aforementioned. But yeah, it's just really hard. Like when I go on some travel couples or a traveler's Instagram posts and I, and I say to myself like, wow, that photo looks amazing. I could never put that many filters on my photograph and make it look like that. Nor do I honestly even care about that. Yeah. And we're just, and we're traveling super light and we don't, we're not photographers. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's 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 difficult, Mike. It really is. Yeah, and just showing you your authentic self, right? I think that's yeah. I think people get too concerned with filters and <laughs> you know composition. 
I think it's more so about showing your authentic self, and that's where the true followers show up. Yeah. And you guys touch on a lot of great points there. And the number one thing is that this isn't easy, especially when you are traveling. You want to make the most out of your travels, but you also want to be able to update everything and mm-hmm. and keep content coming out. It is a really difficult, difficult thing to do. It is. Do you guys have any more advice you'd want to give a couple out there that wants to dive into this lifestyle? I mean, for me, I think a really important thing for me that I've learned along the way is, is that you don't always have to do things together. There's like Matt really, truly enjoys doing difficult hikes. I like trekking. It's completely different. I always ask Matt, do you know what you're going to be doing? Like, do you know how difficult this hike is that you're doing today? And he'll say no. And I say, well, I I think I'm going to pass. And there's nothing wrong with that. I like to do things a little bit different than him. And he likes to do a little bit different things than me. And I think it's okay to like go your own separate way and do what you want to do and how you want to spend your day and enjoy your day. And that's perfectly fine. Like you don't have to feel guilty about that. You don't always have to be together. And I know that's probably a little bit different if you're going on a 10 day vacation with your husband, as opposed to going on a two year adventure with your husband. But even with that being said, like, I still think going on a 10 day vacation with your husband, don't force something that you don't want to do. I mean, I don't really feel that it's necessary to go on a four hour long, very difficult hike with your husband if that's not something that is in your wheelhouse. So I've just learned to just say, hey, really don't want to do that today. I'd rather go shopping or hey, I'd rather lay on a beach. And if that's what's you know, going to make me happy in that moment, I'd rather just do it. Yeah, when, definitely. And for the traveling aspect of it, if you're looking to travel together long term, then you better test it out with, with some short term trips first. And then if if you're attempting to travel and have a business as you go, then you better know that you really like each other a lot, that your that your <laughs> that your relationship's unbreakable because a business in general is very difficult. A business with a partner. I've had failed businesses married with partners. A married number is it's not easy. So and Nate, Nick and I don't always agree on the content, the pace, like certain things we're doing when it comes to the business, but we work through it because we know that um, we love each other and it's something we can work through. So combining all these things at the same time is extremely difficult. So you when, you, when you're you, not in your your normal element, yeah, when you're tired, when you're not at home, yeah, when you're out of your comfort zone, and yeah. it's just. Especially doing it though, because we, we know a lot of people have home bases, so they'll go on trips and they'll come home and that's when they build their content and stuff like that. But if, if you're doing it as we're doing it and you're traveling and you're trying to do both, it can be, for us, I think we like it because it's a great balance. We go see sites, we go hang out, we get the, get the vibe of the culture. And then we come home, we've got, this, this keeps us fresh, our minds fresh, keeps us learning, keeps us active. We love it. But again, it's kind of like the pace of our career. We've always worked. You know what I mean? So this is great for us because we both really enjoy it. Um, but for other couples, it might be a little intense um, and, and overwhelming. And Mike, so you I, you haven't brought it up. I'm not sure if you're going to bring it up. But we are not making money from our website. We are, tra- uh-huh. we are traveling based on savings. Right. At, at some point, if we can make money, from the website. And we, we do, we've made some money from affiliate links and stuff like that. We've made some money, but it's not enough to sustain what we're doing. But our whole thing was we saved money. Um, and we built, we built skills in our careers that made us unique, that we could make money and save it. So that's, that's why we can do the way we do. 
the folks that depend on the money coming in from the business to travel, I can imagine that can be extremely stressful. Definitely. And that, that's a great point to bring up because there's many ways to go about this lifestyle. And just working to save, to be able to do this is one of many ways to be able to do it. And really commend you guys for what you're doing. It's uh, You guys are on a pretty amazing adventure together. What's next for Passport Joy? Yeah, hopefully the, the idea is we just continue to, to stay consistent with our podcast and then over time grow a following there. And then, I don't know. Yeah, we're both working on some creative. Nikki's working on a book. Those are those are outside of Passport Joy, and I'm, I'm working on some creative things as well. So um, at some point, th- do those things intertwine? We're not sure. But I think in, in, the, in the short run, just staying consistent with content. And I think that if we can, can stay, stay consistent with our podcast and continue to be real and authentic, then the folks that, that we can help, hopefully we draw them in and they see value in the, in the st- things that we're providing. Nice. Well... There you have it. Matt and Nikki from Passport Joy sharing their travel stories with you today on the To The Nations Worldwide Travel Couple Podcast. I want to say a special thank you to our guests. Thank you so much, Matt and Nikki, for joining me on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. I'm just going to hand the floor over to the both of you. Uh, Let our audience know where they can check you out, where's the best way to reach out to you, anything you want to say. Yeah, thank you so much, Mike. Passportjoy.com, just as it sounds, is the easiest way to find All the links to both our podcast, our blog, and all of our social media is right there. Thank you to all of our listeners out there, to the nations worldwide. We cannot express our appreciation enough for having you listen to today's episode. Visit us at travelcouplepodcast.com slash 23 for this episode's show notes and to learn more about Passport Joy. We also want to urge you again to go to our Instagram page. That's Instagram.com slash to the nations worldwide to join in our Maldives giveaway. You can win a trip to the Maldives with your significant other simply by joining this giveaway. Also leave a comment on our page. We'll be sure to get back to you. And if you'd be so kind, please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. It really helps us. It really helps us send this message out of traveling together as a couple. This is Mike Pletz and Natalie. Hoping you have a wonderful adventure out there to the nations worldwide.